Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. What's going on, projectors? Welcome back to the show. We have a guest today, Caleb Maciel. What's going on, my man? What's up? Glad to be back. It's been a little while. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. I'm excited for today's episode. Uh, talking a little bit about Liverpool and Chelsea, NBA All-Star Weekend that passed not too long ago, NFL Draft Combine, Sleeper League. We just made a trade today. It's our first trade. Are you excited about that, Caleb? Yeah, man. I've been trying to I've been trying to get a, tra- a deal with you since you joined our league. But I know. Finally, after a few months, we got one in. I had to make acquaintance with all your, your buds, some of my friends again, and I had to make deals with them first. And then I went to the king and made a deal. <laughs> so yeah finally i i think it's i'm always slow to trade with you just because we both have similar mindsets and trades and what we want to get out of it so i think it's easier for me to let go of a bigger player against someone else because i'm just trying to get what i need but for you i i mean i probably because i don't know the other player as well but i mean i've played with you for such a long time i guess like my trade pattern is like especially with someone i know real well is especially you and Jared in the league where I go, I can't give this player to them because this will make them a lot better (laughs) is part of my reaction to it. But then when you're trying to make the betterment of the team, you can find a deal that's good. But yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, definitely a compliment. Definitely a compliment. (laughs) But um, yeah, I guess we can start. We were were just going to talk about Ukraine and Russia a little bit. Some... uh, that battle going over there. Hopefully this doesn't roll into World War III, but that's pretty cool. Um, definitely not cool. That's not what I meant. This is the second time I've done that. This is actually, I did this when, when Bob Saget died. I said, I said, oh yeah, and that's cool. And I was trying to transition, but I'm really bad sometimes at transitions. But anyway, uh, Ukraine and Russia. Um, obviously a crisis that's going on in the world. And before we talk sports, we'll talk about this a little bit. Um, there's definitely, I was, Caleb and I were just talking off offline. President Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, is pretty, he's pretty awesome. And, I, and I'm, if we could get a leader like that in this country, Caleb, I would, I would like it. I'd like someone who's just, you know, ready to die for his country and support his nation. There was that quote that you told me about him um, um, not wanting to leave the capital. What did he tell the United Nations and the Americans for a free passage out? Right. What I read was, yeah, the U.S. said they'll give him safe passage out of the country to, you know, get him somewhere safe. And he said, and I don't know if it's the exact quote, but he said, I don't need a ride. I need weapons. I need weapons. I'm, like, basically, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here to defend my country. Which That's is like a movie, man. Pretty awesome, yeah. That's an epic line. He's he's my favorite. He And I was telling you, I like the little video he took, his selfie, and like a video of him like with his entourage behind him. Just flexing, showing them that, you know, we're strong, which is great. Like, that's what the Ukrainian people need to see. Obviously, like I said before, I think it's a little bit of a propaganda on the U.S.'s part, but I think it's playing well to it. We should be doing that. We should be propping them up so they have something to fight for. And I just think purely from, you said you have a friend who's Ukrainian, and I've been to Ukraine and met those people, hardworking, fighting people, and I'm not surprised at all that they are given everything they have to defend that city. Um... What's some of the other, the, uh, all on the eastern front of the city, they have, I think, eight bridges that cross over a river. And uh, underneath the river, I'm, sh- I'm assuming that they have C4 bombs underneath or whatever, and they have barricades up to protect them. And if they lose them, they're just going to 
pull back off and blow up the um, the bridges so that the Russians can't get across, which I thought was a great plan, obviously. It's pretty cool. But obviously war is terrible and an awful thing, and lots of civilians are dying. So I hope that this stops immediately and there's a resolve, but it doesn't seem like it seems pretty grim at this point. Like Putin's not going to stop until he gets what he wants. So that's unfortunate. But um, there was a cool story about 13 Ukrainians. And I'm really trying to bring light to the Ukrainian side. You know, it's a, if someone else is listening to this, to give, you know, give power to that side, fighting up against uh, Putin. But um, yeah, there's 13 Ukrainians that were in a, um, in a fight with a warship in the Black Sea, and they were on an island, and there was only 13 of them left. And there was a radio transmission that got caught. You can look at this up on YouTube. A lot of news stations were going over it, but they, I, I told them to surrender. The Russians were telling them to surrender in the... Uh, the 13 guys, one of the who came over the radio, the guy who came over the radio said, go fuck yourself. So I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty badass that, you know, that's the lengths that they're going. They're not going to let foreigners take their land and they've, they've earned it, you know, over in with democracy and they feel like they have the right to join whatever organization they want to, whether that be NATO or, um, United, you know, just whatever they need to do as a sovereign nation, like they should be able to do. No one should be able to dictate what they do. So anyway, that's just some of my thoughts. Do you have any more thoughts on that, Caleb? Yeah, I mean, overall, it's sad to see that Europe is in war again after such a long time. And mm. just, you know, pray and hope for the for all the people who have nothing to do with this, just the civilians trying to live their lives, getting yes. caught in the crossfire, and, you know, that this, they can stay safe and... This could just be all over is what I'm hoping for and that things don't escalate to a, you know, a more global level. Yeah, absolutely. Not, yeah. It's like World War Three. That's like, exactly yeah, we, don't want. we don't want to see that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think just from the outside, obviously, and just from what I'm reading and seeing on the news and taking all that with a grain of salt, salt, but you know, Ukrainians standing up for their country is like amazing to see. And the amount of patriotism that they have for their country is Oh, it's kind of inspiring. It's remarkable, yeah. Yeah. It is. It it kind of like really shows how divided that we are in our nation right now on the sides. Like, would we act like that if we were under attack? And, and, you know, parts of like me would say, yeah, of course we would, you know, like, but, you know, that's courageous what they're all doing. So, you know, it's like you said, it was well put the way you said that. That was, yeah. But the reason why I want to talk about Ukraine in the beginning is just because, you know, you know, sports are important. Sports are great. But, you know, in the end, like, there's these big important things that, you know, matter and to be spoken about. And I think it's important to make sure that, you know, listeners, viewers, and people are informed about what's going on in the world, especially if people don't know, and you should go look it up and look up some stuff on China and Taiwan right now. Um, and the history of it in the last 30 odd years, uh, that's alarming as well. We won't get into that today, but, um, something to keep your eye on as some of this other stuff escalates. Hopefully everything calms down and conversations are to be had. You know, that's, I think the, the world wants peace and not to be fighting with each other over land. Seems silly at this point from those old, uh, those old countries and the ways that we used to live. We should be living in the sovereign, in our own sovereign nations and not, you know, trying to gain more territory. Especially when you're the biggest country on earth, Russia, jeez. Um, <laughs> uh, the other thing before we get into sports was Bob Saget's autopsy I wanted to get to. Yeah, he died, obviously. Uh, no one, they didn't know we were to wait for the autopsy to come out. It actually came out 
fairly quick comparative to, which I think probably because he's a celebrity, but then usually what it, you're supposed to have it, but he died from a significant blow to the head, fractured his skull several, in several places, bleeding across both sides of his brain, according to the autopsy that was released on February 11th of 2022. So on Feb 11, they released this. So it's been a little bit since this has come out, but I just thought it was interesting Hopefully they're, they say it was no foul play, which I, you know, I believe from the beginning, that's what they said, like no one entered his room or whatever, unless it was stealthily done, you know, maybe a fan, but he probably most likely just hit his head pretty hard on something, fell over, was probably dizzy, felt like he had a headache. It's just like, oh, I'll just sleep this off. And unfortunately died in his sleep, but I thought it was interesting. I, I wasn't expecting that like significant blow to his head, you know, um, fracturing your skull. I mean, that's pretty hard. So either he fell hard. I mean, he was a tall dude. He's a big guy, Caleb. Big, That's, big guy. Yeah, I'm, this is news to me. I'm hearing this for the first time. Yeah. So not that he passed, but that you know the autopsy results. Yeah. That's crazy. I feel like they need to investigate that. Yeah, cool just a little bit more. <laughs> I'd like to see to make sure because he was a really awesome guy. I would hate to see foul play be a part of that and not be dealt with. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should be something investigating for sure. Just to, just the other day, I was watching the Full House with my with my daughters. Just you know, show like, hey, this is what I used to watch when I was a yeah, kid. when you were a kid. Felt, yeah. felt really old or whatever, but yeah, it was fun, like interesting seeing Bob Saget. Obviously, when he was a lot younger. Yeah. But and his persona, and then his. I don't know if you ever watched his stand up, but his stand up is much different than Full House. Yeah, <laughs> I have seen some of his stand up. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, okay, so let's jump into sports. Let's get sporty. I'm excited for it. Uh, Liverpool and Chelsea, what a game. What a game. A bunch of almost goals and went to extra time. The flag went up, meaning offsides constantly. There was probably four or five goals, but they all got called back. Uh, Liverpool probably should have scored a bunch of times. Salah had a great opportunity. Mason Mount had like Two golden opportunities to score a goal in, reg- in regular time. The first half of the overtime, there's a little bit of scuffle between Kai Havertz and Trent Alexander-Arnold, and they were head-to-head, like pushing each other's heads. And then uh, Harvey Elliott from Liverpool came over and pushed him, got into a scuffle. People were yelling. I don't know. Like I thought going into the second half, someone was gonna someone was going to do something stupid, cost them the game, but it didn't end up happening. We go to PKs. And then an amazing PK shootout happened where both teams went 11 for 11, went down to the keeper, and we'll get to that in a second. But I want to say that the most coolest PK shot I've ever seen was Virgil van Dijk's shot to the the keeper's right side, but his left, left side of the net just blasted it like a blast of a shot. And kept a guest right on there. And meanwhile, Caleb, I know you didn't probably watch, I don't think you watched the whole whole thing of it yet, but um, Keppa was not the keeper the entire game. Mendy was. He came on in the dying minutes of overtime just to do the PK shootout, which is a telling story because he was the one who the coach tried to pull a couple of years ago during the, the final of the uh, Caribou Cup, which is kind of funny. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't come off the pitch and it was really uh, controversial because – the coach was like trying to sub him off and he wouldn't leave the field and all this stuff. But now, you know, a year or two later, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, fast forward, Mendy was the keeper. They pull him off and he goes in to do the PK shootout. And then he ends up costing them the game by sailing 
a shot over the net. Just absolutely blasts a shot over the net and loses the game for him. But, I mean, I'll be honest. At that point in the game, you go 0-0-0-0 through full-time, overtime, and then to the PK shootout. I mean, it's pretty... You've done a great job. There's not much more you can do. Your keeper missed a PK, whatever. Like, not the end of the world. You still got a lot to fight for. I, I think they're, I don't know if they're still in the FA Cup, but I mean, you still got to fight for that spot and, you know, the top four and contend for the league title, even though it seems like it's out of the question for them, but for Liverpool and City it is. But yeah, it was, it was a very entertaining game, but you lost to a backup keeper in Liverpool, so you suck. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the day, Chelsea, you suck. End of the day, Chelsea, you suck. Do you have any th- thoughts on this game? <laughs> no, I mean, like you said, I missed it. I wasn't, I wasn't able to watch the game, but I, I did hear about the highlights and that was a crazy game. And yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, that's just one of those things about soccer where you can have a zero-zero game, like a like a, a championship game like this that can go. All the way to PKs at zero zero. At that point, it's like a it's like a coin flip. Really, who's gonna win? Yeah, the pretty, yeah, pretty much. Um, and that's how a lot of upsets happen usually too. I feel like, but yeah, I don't know. I just it's just one of those things in, in about soccer that you either love it or hate it. Yep. But I love PKs. I love when teams go to PKs. It's the, if the it's intensity. My team. Yeah. If my team's going to PK, I absolutely hate it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's other teams, like I'm all for I'm all for it. Nerve wracking. It's yeah. Yeah. It's too to to lose a Euro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> England, I love you. Yes. I'm sure, you know a lot about that. Oh. I mean, they've had good success in PKs in the past, but yeah, this is this was that was a hurtful one. But um, your boy Fabinho, the Brazilian. Oh my gosh! If you check one, if you check any PK out, that's the one to go to. Just because, you know that like fake chip shot right down the middle as you're like. He ran so fast to the ball and then slowed down, and the keeper just jumped to the side and then just oh, chipped that's it. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. And he looked so smooth, like he didn't even try. And, you know, it was just awesome. That is my favorite PK when people pull that off. It's glorious. It is. It is. Because you make the keeper look so stupid. Yeah, you do. And, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, my, it's the best. Oh, I forgot to finish my end of my Virgil van Dyke, dude. After he scored, he just stared at Mendy. And it was like, it would, honestly to me, it was like, I, oh no, he stared at Keppa. He's like, I owned you. It, like, it, I don't know. You know Virgil, man. He's, he's a scary guy. And he just, he just owned that entire moment. I thought it was a really cool kick, but Fabinho's was definitely the most like technical, I think, really, really good. And then Salah's, you're not going to stop. But the, I mean, Chelsea had, all their PKs were great too. Everyone was, Kelleher was guessing wrong on like all of them. Kepa guessed on three of them correctly, just couldn't get to them in time. He had a hand on one of them. Um, I almost pooped myself when I saw that. He, he had a hand, but it, he uh, dove too far to the side and it was kind of like mm, 60% of the way to the side. And it like, his hand just went backwards because his momentum was going to the opposite side. So it just went like through his hand, but... Um, yeah, pretty intense, pretty good matchup for a Caribou Cup final. I mean, it's February. I like to see a, a cup game in February. Get a little intense, go crazy, have fun. We got a lot to, more to look forward to. Obviously, I am super stoked and excited for Champions League and seeing that final this year. Can't come quick enough. We're not really close to the final yet. <laughs> we still got a long ways to go. But, um, 
I guess that does it for Liverpool and Chelsea. We wanted to talk some NBA All-Star Weekend. Did you watch the All-Star game this, this year? Yeah, I I caught I didn't watch it live because I was away the week for the weekend, but I went back and when I got home Sunday. Actually, I, I watched some of the All-Star game itself live, but I got home Sunday and I watched some, the reruns of the three-point contest and the dunk contest. And then I caught... Most of the All Star game, which was which was pretty cool this year, they had like the whole top seventy five players, because um, it's the seventy fifth anniversary of the NBA, which was pretty sweet to see like some players that we grew up watching, um, and then players that are still playing today who are already top seventy five, which is which is crazy. Like one of one of the players that caught my eye was um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's already a top seventy five player. He's so young. Yeah, he's got so he's long the, to go. He's the reigning champ right now, reigning MVP, I believe, too. So, yeah, it's crazy how how good he is, man. And then just seeing all the old school players, it was, like, pretty sweet to see them all at the same spot. You had, you know, Shaq, Michael Jordan, Magic, Larry Bird, everybody. Um, Charles Barkley, and then all the way back to, like, Jerry West and yeah. all these guys who are legends who we never seen play, but we just heard about growing up our whole lives. So. Yeah. It was pretty cool to see that. And then the main thing was in, during the All-Star game itself, in the second half mostly, Steph Curry just went off. Like, he went 16. It was something crazy, like 16 for 27 or something like that from three. Wow. He was hitting threes like crazy. It was like Steph Curry that we're used to, but like on steroids. It was pretty cool performance. <laughs> he, they won the game. Uh, LeBron hit the game winner, and Curry got the MVP. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Like. What's so he's fascinating he's about Curry is his footwork to open himself up for a three. Like, everyone thinks, they're like, oh, man, Curry hits mad threes. He's got a great shot. Yes, he does. But it's, like, the way and how stupid he makes defenders look in his, yeah, like, was, footwork is so crazy. And he was doing his, like, classic signature, throws up the three, doesn't even watch the ball go in, just turns around, starts going back the other way, or starts, like, turns around and looks at the fans, like, that went in. Like he, there's one way he shot it. He turns around to the fan and he's like, "That went in. That went in, right?" And they're like telling him that it went in. And he just like, <laughs> it's just like he's he's oh, that's so cool. Yeah, he's changed the game, man. He's changed the game for sure. And I think it's it's been great for the league. I think as an adjustment coming out of the era I think we grew up with to what it is now and what we're seeing yeah. is a lot more yeah. shooting and a lot lot different. He's great for the league. Yeah, the one the one thing that I thought was controversial for the top seventy nine players, they left off a couple players, which I thought was like, to me, it was a mistake. They left off Tracy McGrady, <laughs> and um, the Kimi Matumbo was another one that got left off. Oh no no no! And then another one that I know you're gonna find very funny, oh, but God. a lot of people actually thinks he should be on it. And his resume, just looking at like, you know. Please don't um, say it. Don't yeah. make me happy right now. <laughs> Defensive player and rebounds total and blocks. And like, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, yep, exactly. Just like Let's go. Line up his stats with some of the other players that are in there. Like, there's a good case for him to be on there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting to see the players that got left off. And the crazy thing that I thought was very interesting is they did this 25 years ago for the top 50 players. Yeah. And those same 50 players, they did not take – they made a point to not take anybody off. Ooh, it's that's not like good. The next 20. Yeah, I didn't like that either. It's just like the next 25. Someone's going to get and bumped. 
I'm saying that's what I agree and, too, but and I'm not talking about anyone who's in the higher ranks but like that 48 49 50 might yeah exactly how many yeah that's a lot of years I, I totally agree there's some players back in like the I don't know 50s 40s who I personally never heard of and maybe yeah they were probably good and they paved the way for the next you know the next wave of players but this might be something to do since we're going to have a lot of time with a lot of off-season stuff. I'm going to take a look at this list and maybe we should, maybe we can make some adjustments, Caleb. Yeah. Get sure. our own list. That's we got to get we got to get team back in there. That's the one that that made me the most upset is Tracy McGrady. He's not on there. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, dude. If Tracy McGrady, if T Mac didn't get injured, I don't think people understand that he probably would have been Kobe esque, like on par. Or close to Kobe level. Yeah, I, for sure. But like, Kobe played with Shaq. Yeah. T Mac, he had. I guess he had Yao Ming for a couple of years, but like. Yeah, but that doesn't. I, yeah, don't know. I don't, But like Shaq usually destroyed Yao Ming, so. Yeah. It's like yeah. Yao Ming like, could beat everyone else, but Shaq. Yeah, I feel like T Mac when he was in Orlando, he was supposed to play with Grant Hill, and Grant Hill was nasty, but he got injury after injury yeah. after injury, so he never really played with like. A superstar player, besides really Yao Ming, but Yao Ming had obviously his limitations. But yeah, just interesting to see. I thought the All Star game was that's pretty super cool. cool. I'm gonna have to take a look at that list. I really like that because I did I did miss the All Star game. I did catch the highlights, but they didn't show any of that stuff. Which is, would they come out in the beginning or the halftime? Halftime, yeah. Oh, super which is, cool. Which is interesting. Like so, Steph Curry, LeBron, Giannis. Um, who else was in there? James Harden. Like these. I don't think James Harden actually played in the All Star game. Because of injury, but players he, who are playing today, like yeah. they they play the first half, they please, come out for the halftime. Please tell me Allen Iverson was on there. Oh yeah, Iverson was definitely on there. Oh, um, yeah, there's a bunch whoa. of players that we was Melo on game. there. Yeah, yep, Carmelo was on there. Suck yeah, it, everyone, suck it. Yeah, he should be on there. Yeah, heck yeah. Carmelo's um. Carmelo in his yeah, prime was unstoppable. Yeah, offensively, he definitely deserves a spot on there for sure. Um. But yeah, it's cool. It's just it was just cool to see like players we grew up with, Tim Duncan, Nowitzki, Jason Kidd, those guys. Rondo, like, like yeah. a different. Rondo did not make it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sneaking him in there. See if we, see if we... <laughs> Chris Paul is on about it. Anyways, we're not gonna go there right now. Um, yeah, it's just cool to see like different eras from the Michael like Michael Jordan era to the. Kobe and Tim Duncan are to yeah Bob Cousy out there he's still alive Jerry yeah, West Cousy yeah was out there he didn't go. some uh, of the older yeah. players didn't go I think because of COVID yeah reasons they don't want to like you know being older or not yeah you don't want to expose themselves yeah that makes sense but is Julius is Doctor J is, yeah he's Dr. still J was there. yeah dope Whoa, there. gosh I want I see highlights of that guy could I, he would translate very well to the NBA today I'm just saying. Like when I watch him, I think Larry and Magic too would be just fine in today's NBA. From the highlights that, that I watch, those there's like you can kind of just tell right away when you see an old player, you're like, ah, they'd be good in today's game too. Yeah, I mean, I think those guys, those like legends, superstar legends, yeah. would play in any any era. Really. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess you could say That's that. Like, that. There is some players I feel like who would not translate at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm trying to think of, like, I don't know, like, someone who, in today's game, may not translate very well, but just because they, they don't shoot, you know? They can't shoot the three or whatever, so. Yeah, yeah. 
They don't have any sort of yeah. There'd be yeah. But it would be interesting to see if like you had these seventy five players on a, in a league across time and to see how the league would pan out. Would it be more of a muscle rough down low post scoring? passing or that three-point shot like what would actually reign supreme and it obviously it depends on rules and all that kind yeah, of stuff too sure. so it, it would be hard to tell but i guess it'd be, yeah it'd be so hard to tell because like players back in the day they would they would go they would drive into the paint just get clobbered or you know get like close lined or whatever yeah. and it'd be like okay regular foul like get up take a free throws and keep playing where now you do that you're like playing into player gets tossed it's, yeah, it's a more it's the softer game these days, I guess. So it'd be interesting to see. Interesting. I was trying to say the amount of simulations I'm going to run in heaven just to see <laughs> NBA games across time. <laughs> oh man, what is this? Okay, so we got. You said the dunk contest was terrible, correct? Yeah, I guess just to wrap up the the NBA talk, the dunk contest, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just watched, like, some YouTube highlights. And apparently it was, like, the worst dunk contest ever <laughs> displayed. It was so bad. It was so many missed dunks. And, yeah, it was, like, the final dunk for the guy to win it. He just went up and did, like, a regular windmill or something that we've seen a million times just because the player before him didn't even get a dunk in because he missed all his dunks. They ran out of time or something. Yeah. It was pretty bad. So oh I, I guess what was way more exciting was the three-point contest. The three-point contest was like 100 times more exciting than the dunk contest this year. You know what? They need to make sure they capitalize on this because the um, the NFL, I think, found like a good spot. I don't know if you watched the NFL one. They shouldn't do the Pro Bowl, but they, uh, the skills competitions were pretty awesome. When they all played dodgeball against each other, I mean, they should just have the NBA players play dodgeball against each other, too. Just yeah. steal it. Like, I, I was thoroughly happy. They should have played, I think, like, two, like, best out of two out of three or whatever. But they did play a game, and it was very, very cool. And then the um, skills competition with Russell Wilson doing the targets, which they've done for years, but I just don't think it's well advertised. For whatever reason this year, I thought it was. I think YouTube is probably the reason why. But they should... They should do a uh, dodgeball contest across sports. So, like, NFL versus Ooh, NBA. That would be versus, a good one, too. Versus uh, MLB pitchers, which would be, <laughs> that'll be a lot of fun to you see. You know what? Let's live in the dream world. Let's line up <laughs> NBA All-Star Weekend with the Pro Bowl, and they can all have that same weekend together. They like It's, like, pretty close. It's pretty close yeah. already, yeah. It's super close, yeah. They could happen. Hey, I can dream. That would be pretty M- cool. MLB is off-season, so they could join, too. Yeah. Just because, you know, it'd be cool to the see pitchers. the pitchers. Yeah, see the, the pitchers, pitchers in there? Blast, like, blast the NBA players. NBA yeah. Because you always had that that one kid who maybe had a cannon in school. He didn't have any accuracy, but he could whip it. And <laughs> exactly. the ball would just go crazy. But the pitchers would have accuracy and speed. Exactly. That's a good idea, too. Yeah, it's the off-season. Can we get them warmed up for spring training? <laughs> but, yeah, that's a really <laughs> – that would be that'd be awesome. If it actually existed. <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll move on to the NFL. Um, NFL Combine starts this week. I'm really excited about it. You're really excited about it because 
we have our sleeper league that we're in, and I guess that's like the new thing because I don't even want to play any other type of leagues anymore. I'm having too much fun. But I'm going to lead a sleeper league. I think I talked about this with Caleb and a couple of my other friends and people I'm getting to know. And I'm having a blast. We talked about our trade a little bit, but I'm excited about the combine so I can see some of the players that people keep talking about in college. And I've done you know research on some of the watched highlights, but just to see them in a, in a setting, NFL setting is going to be kind of cool and see like, you know, people break down their stuff. He did well at this. He did well at that. Um, obviously, was it the 40 yard dash, Caleb? That's probably like the. Someone yeah, posts a big 40-yard dash like they go crazy. Or a guy they weren't expecting to post a 40-yard dash. Um, I always like the um, the wide receiver drill when they look left, look right. Just to watch one guy get nailed in the face and then catch the next ball. <laughs> Some talent. Or the over-the-top catches that they do. They do one or two catches, run a route, and then they go really deep. And they try to make a catch. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. But we looked up. We'd um, go into the combine. They said that, well, the weightlifting one was free. I don't know if the entire event, but we could totally go scout our players for our league if we go. <laughs> but that would be, like, a total cool, like, bro thing to go do. And I would totally do it. Like, oh, 100%. I would absolutely like, go do that. <laughs> Imagine being at the combine for our dynasty team. Like, yeah, scouting team. Yeah, I'll bring a clipboard. I'll wear a visor. <laughs> I'll go all in. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but scouts. I didn't know. Yeah, and I was, yeah, yeah, I'm a scout. I'm here. What are you here for? Uh, I'm here for, what's the name of my team? I don't even know what my name of my team is. <laughs> Briggless Vader. I don't know whatever. <laughs> Briggless Doyle. Oh, King Vader is my name of my team. So, yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to pick out the best players for my franchise. What are you doing here? Oh, <laughs> uh, I work for the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. No, but that'd be pretty cool. But, I mean, but I guess we could talk about – I mean, I talked about a little bit about some, some players in the last episode. But, who, you know, who do you think is probably the guy we should keep our eye on in the combine for, like, draft capital go up or someone that you're excited about maybe? I don't know. Who, who you got? Yeah, I'm excited for the top wide receivers right now, I guess. Um, ah, like, Traylon Burks. Like, Traylon Burks and Drake London. And some of the other guys, Garrett. You know, yeah, I want to see. I want to see how they run their forty. That's like the big thing for. That's the big thing. Yeah, it is. Do they have breakaway speed and all that? Yeah. I'm sure all these guys are super fast. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. No, no, no. yeah, I'm definitely excited. I know. I was like to talk about our trade. Like for you, you have what the top four picks. Yes. Number one, two, three, I and four of the rookie draft. Yep. So. You'll have the, you'll have your pick of the of whatever you want, basically. Yeah, pick of the litter. Let's see how right. Brees Hall runs his forty yard dash and Spiller and um what's the other one from Walker. Michigan? Yeah, Walker. Walker the third. He his stock has kind of been going up um past Spiller in some some mock drafts. And see they're saying he's like a little bit of a better pass catcher than Spiller is but uh, like we were talking about before that you know where they get drafted really matters so it's kind of a situational thing but I think it's like pure runners Spiller and, and Hall are definitely like three down backs right off the gate coming into the league and if they end up in a good situation like you said about Najee Harris I mean perfect right but that's not always the case every year so right. it plays a huge 
or yeah, I got four. I got four, the first four picks in the NFL draft, and I just made a final trade with Caleb for the number one pick in the draft to secure my spot. I traded away a lot of players. I inherited a team that was given to me, and me and me and uh, Caleb were working on a trade all day. One was for one player. We worked through it, and then it ended up not working out. Worked on another player, C. Lamb. I ended up trading away C. Lamb for Mike Williams, but then I got the first round pick. He dropped back to the sixth pick in the draft, and then we exchanged 23 and 24 second round picks, I think it was. Um, but it was a good deal. I felt like it was a win-win. I had to really push Caleb to his end to actually make the deal. He's a really per hard person to make a deal with. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a lot of nego negotiations about other trades that never, never came happened. to fruition. Yeah, it never came to fruition, yeah. Because we both kind of... I guess we both have a, a hard to bargain with, I guess. But yeah, hard, hard to bargain, yeah. I think came, yeah, I think we came to a good deal at the end. Yeah, I was happy it about it. Settled for both of us. I felt like it was a good trade-off. Um, I guess I'll talk a little bit about like what I was thinking during it was if you get to get younger at with C.D. Lamb, I need to at least have Mike Williams, who's a, a little bit of established. He might have a few years left. And like I dropped, I dropped, I, I sprung forward in the draft picks and you sprung forward in the wide receiver as far as age. So, and that was the trade off there. You dropped back in the draft and I dropped back in age as far as a player that's older. And then the other bottom one was to level out the playing field because you offered. Um, at first, the deal didn't have – it was a 3-2, to two, so I added a 3-3, three to three, um, even the playing field a little bit. So that was kind of our negotiation, which it's hard. It could be hard, especially with, you know, your friends <laughs> that are, like, super into fantasy football too and, and want to break those things down. You have anything to add? Your friends, yeah, your friends that you want to beat. Yeah, like, more than else, you, want to you, make sure you, beat you don't want to lose. You don't want to make a big right. trade and then lose to them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. so true. But yeah, for I mean, from my perspective, like I, I really wanted at least a six number six pick, because I feel like this draft after after number six specifically, because we had a trade that we were talking about previously, that was very similar to this one. But I think you were going to give me the number eight or number nine overall, mm -hmm. and I was more, a little more. Um, hesitant for that one because I think there's a drop off after six. Yeah, I think so too. I think after six or maybe like six or five, probably six that there's a there's a drop off in the talent. So I'll be basically hoping or I'll be getting at least like the last guy available out of those six, um, which I'll be happy with because at the end of the day it's kind of I don't know these are all kind of could be hit or miss. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of great prospects that are out that don't pan out. Yeah. There's some that you're not even you don't even think is a good prospect, but ends up being like a dope player. Yeah. Like DK DK Metcalf and Nikhil Harry is the perfect example. Exactly. Yeah, of how exactly. that plays out. And then exactly. everyone looks at DK and is like, "How did you not assess that talent?" <laughs> it's like yeah. what? Hello, like the dude's a monster. Right? <laughs> He's like right. the second coming of Megatron. Like, how did you not see this? But, it, you know, it happens. You know, people, like, I always say, like, the people come out of those schools at two that are, don't, are not playing in the um, big divisions in college football, and they don't realize that. So, like, a lot of the risk in some of it is, like, well, they didn't play against, the, you know, the top college-level talent, and they ran over second-division teams. Like, Joe Flacco was second-division, you know, but he, he came out and you know, won a Super Bowl, you know, as much as I hate to say that, but it's true. But he played in the second division of college football. 
And that's how a lot of these wide receivers, running backs, sometimes they won't get as much of a, a value in the market for um, for draft capital. But, you know, when they come on the field, that's where the combine really comes into play. And it's like, okay, forget where you played. What's your raw talent here? How fast are you? How much can you lift? You know, what does your shuttle run look like? What does your pass look like? You know, all these different things where they can assess the players more in a deeper. Because so it's like right now, like – you and I, Caleb, are looking at those top six, and then all of a sudden next week it could be three or it could be 12. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden there's like a room for improvement for these guys and they can really show off their skill. Like, you know, you know, Larry Larry Cummings out of like who knows college comes out there and like runs like a 4-4-40 and he can jump super high and you're like, who's this kid? Oh, well, we can utilize him. All of a sudden his capital goes way up or – like, I'm, I'll be interested to see what the running backs look like after this. Like, I wonder if maybe Walker will take over. Maybe Walker will drop all the way back or nothing will change. It, it, it's it's going to be really cool. And I've never done a sleeper, I mean, a dynasty league like this. So it's uh it's different. Like, it just never stops, which is fun. But, yeah, I've never been into this, like, whole college atmosphere. And I've always kind of despised college. But now I'm just looking at it like uh, – I don't know how to say this. How do I say this? It's more of a fun way to keep the offseason going, but it's my look at the college players is just like strictly prospects and really trying to analyze them and break them down, watching these these kids who are obsessed with college football break down these players on YouTube, which is actually kind of nice because they're the nerds. I don't even really have to get into it. I'm just kind of listening to them, listening to Mel Kuyper and some of the, you know, the lead guys on there who, who look at the prospects and know the college game very well, so how it translates to the NFL. What do you think about Matt Coral? There was another quarterback that was recently might overtake him, but he's been like the number one QB. I don't know if anyone searched for a QB, but I've, I've watched a lot of mock drafts where a couple of the QBs end up going and people are taking risks on them. I won't have another pick until the fourth, fourth and fifth round because I had to get rid of all my second and thirds to acquire the four over the past like month, but um, do you, are, is there any like QBs besides Matt Coral that really sticks out to you? I know there was a, I forget his name, but I guess he's really, really good pass rusher, like I mean, not pass rusher, but he can run as well. And his stock has gone up like in the last like week. Like all of a sudden yeah, people are talking about him and not Malik, Matt Coral anymore. Malik? Yes. Malik Willis? Yes. Yeah. He's like, I don't know, I think overall this is it's weak. That's a, a weak, weak QB. Yeah, a very weak QB class. But obviously, like, last year was supposed to be the best quarterback draft class since <laughs> who knows. Mm-hmm. But it didn't pan out year one. Like, a lot of, a lot of like, I know, like Trevor, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and... Slow starts. Yeah, Trey Lawrence, all, like, pretty slow starts. So, yeah, this year, I guess it's a pretty weak class, but they... From but you never know. Malik, yeah, Malik Willis is supposed to be like a dynamic type of player who could surprise some people, I guess. This is why I'm so excited for the combine because it's really gonna people are really gonna start to get some buzz around their name, you know. Like I think it will right. m- maybe you know help help the cause of this draft class where, like you said, there's a huge drop off right now. Yeah. Hopefully, it's just a, a lack of I knowledge. Have a feeling in the actual NFL draft that some teams will reach for these quarterbacks just because. I don't know. It's like, why not take the chance on a quarterback who, you know, in, in, in what people are saying is an off year. 
they, you know, obviously they could be right. Yeah. And these teams that need a quarterback, like without a quarterback in the NFL, your your team is basically trash. Just without a decent quarterback, so why not take a chance on like Malik Willis or Coral or whatever? You Let's know, see what they got in the first or second round, even though they're probably not projected to go super high. Yeah, and it's not always about the, as we've learned from some QBs in the past, it's not always about that physical apparent talent. It's about the, that's why I love about the combine too, is that they, they bring you in for interviews. They test you mentally, you know, like, what do you have to offer? Like for Brady, for example, like, you know, he's got this tenacity about like who he is of like, I'm never going to give up. If I suck, I'm going to get better and better and better. I'm going to learn the league. I'm going to do this. So it's like, what if they bring some of these guys from this quarterback class and bring them in and they're blown away? You never know. Like you said, someone might reach because maybe they have an interview. It's like, dude, this guy's he's got his head on his shoulders. He's ready to improve. He seems like he's a good leader. Like maybe there's attributes outside of what we can see that they'll they'll do more detail on. And maybe not. Maybe it really is a down year, but we'll 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 see for sure. And I mean, I I love that part of the NFL too when you start hearing that kind of stuff of uh, um, so much goes into like. The players have to be super stressed out during this process. Like, yeah, they're performing, but what did I watch videos of? I was watching the videos the other day of, uh, I think it was actually, it was, I think it was DK. I can't remember. Or may have been a long while back. It was a wide receiver and he was like breaking down crying. And he was, I think he called his parents and he was just like, I did so well. I was like, I'm. He was just like so emotional. Like it, it really does put a lot of pressure on them, but that's good because that's what they're going to have to, you know, deal with in the NFL. And, you know, they've been working hard for their dream their entire life. So, all right, Caleb, any final thoughts on anything that we talked about tonight? Well, I think we covered a lot. Yeah, we did. We did. This is just ran a lot longer than I thought it was going to, but I've had a, a blast. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Caleb. Um, I'm looking forward to the combine this week. It will give us a lot to talk about, to be honest. Um, I'll be sending videos, watching things, and uh, keeping track of all this, especially while we're so involved in this uh, Dynasty League. Again, people, if you haven't heard or wanted to do a Dynasty League, just go on YouTube, look it up, see what it's all about, explain it to you, because it's pretty awesome. And if you really like fantasy and you're sick and tired of playing regular fantasy football, which I started to get tired of, and I'm having a blast now. So, all right, guys, thanks for coming on the show, Caleb. Appreciate you. All right, take care. Bye.